insurance agents from around the world. Welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, powered by Glovebox. God, I love Glovebox. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Mobile, Alabama, parade first team All-American rivals, five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent. And my friend, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? Best I have ever been. I am in Mobile, Alabama, home of the free, land of the brave. I'm not sick. I don't feel like I'm getting sick. That's good. Brad, I got a funny story to tell you. Sure. Uh, I got I to gotta lead this story, a couple of different things I got to say. Number one, I love my sister, my only sister, my only sibling, more than life itself. I would die for her. I would do anything for her. And I know that she feels the same way about me. And as I've told many people many times, she got all the brains and the looks in the family. I got shit out all the way around on all of that. So she is a high-powered global corporate attorney. Mm. Uh, she was I've, I've not announced this because I didn't at the time I didn't think I could, but she was chosen by uh, her law firm, which is one of the top largest three or four law firms in the world, to be on the team for PayPal. So she now represents PayPal in the states of, I want to say Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, not Tennessee, uh, Louisiana. I know Louisiana and Texas, she's got some cases there. I won't tell what they're billing out, but basically she's on the the, the six-person team that handles all litigation for PayPal. Okay. So if that kind of tells you, and her brother pissed in his pants last night on his way down to Mobile. So if that tells anybody... um, kind of what we're dealing with here. That's where we're going with this. So a couple of weeks ago, I took my beautiful wife and met a couple of my friends. Shout out to Brian Gunnels and Scotty Sanderson and their beautiful wives. Brian's married to Tabitha. Scotty's married to Leslie. All of my friends from back home are wildly more successful than I am. They, they've all done real good in life, unlike myself. But I rented a house. Uh, we rented a house in Tuscaloosa, and we went to the Iron Bowl, the Alabama-Auburn game. Well, because of the way everything shook out, I did not have a chance to have Thanksgiving with my own father, my bio, my biological father and his wife. And so we came up with this plan that, look, Scott's going to be in Tuscaloosa. Cheryl, my sister, is in Tuscaloosa. And instead of us trying to, like, manhandle Thanksgiving sometime before then, why don't we have Thanksgiving at Cheryl's house, beautiful home, in Tuscaloosa on Sunday after the Iron Bowl, after the Alabama-Auburn game. So that's what we did. I get over there. My three nephews are there, all stair-stepped in age. They're all, you know, doing kid stuff. And my my son was there, too. He spent the weekend with them. And, and they went to the Iron Bowl. They went to the Alabama-Auburn game. And we start having Thanksgiving. My three-year-old nephew, Hyatt, my son's name is Wyatt. His name is Hyatt, decides that he not only does not want to eat at the kitty table, he wants to eat at the big boy table with all the adults, and he is not wearing pants. Mm. Only a t-shirt. Now, How Bradley, let me ask you. How old is he? Three. Oh. Okay. Have you ever eaten Thanksgiving while you're looking at a three-year-old's pecker during no. Thanksgiving meal? Because no, if you have it, I have. I have. I have not. No. I have now. Mm. Love that kid. He is a special kid, but he. Uh, I will never forget this Thanksgiving as the Thanksgiving <laughs> where, as I'm eating. 
my turkey and dressing, I look over and Hyatt is standing in my sister's lap. There, there's a t-shirt on up top. And then you start feeling a little pedophilia. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Not in a way, not in like a... Don't look up from your dumplings. Yeah, you just got to keep your damn head down and eat your cranberry sauce because there is no damn way that you can look up and stare at a three-year-old's pecker during Thanksgiving. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, but that is a true story, y'all. That really did happen. Anyway, we have got a fantastic podcast for you people today. I understand and I realize that at any moment, you probably are sitting in your car, your vehicle, your office at home, letting someone listen to this and you're thinking there's no way that happened <laughs> it one million percent happened you can't make that up i mean who would make something like that a, up? a weirdo a really weird person yeah uh, guys we've got an outstanding podcast for you today and i've got a guest on here today that i i have for the last 30 minutes have been researching and facebook uh, stalking and google stalking and i am so excited to have her on for a number of reasons but mainly selfishly because she's an expert in branding. And I just got through telling her prior to telling the Thanksgiving Pecker story that um, I need help with branding. That's, that's the message that I delivered to her right before we came on this podcast. So without further ado, she is originally from Miami, Florida. She currently resides in Sunrise, Florida, and she is married to the ruggedly handsome Jordan. Shout out to Jordan. You did big. You outpunted your coverage, Jordan. She has two babies. And before I tell you, say their names, when I was reading this, I thought, who in the hell names their kid Burrito? And then I realized she's a dog mama. She has Burrito and, Be and Beasley. I thought, who the hell named her kid Burrito? <laughs> I thought that was but funny. That's a perfect name. She's attended Broward College, got her associate's degree there. She's also attended the Art Institute of, Florida, of Fort Lauderdale. She has been, from 2002 to 2006, she worked in her father's family agency at Allstate and opened up, I guess sold that agency, opened up an independent agency in 2006, sold it in 2018 to open the bunker. We're going to talk about the bunker today, too. She has 20 years of experience in the insurance industry. She's helped her family start and sell two prior agencies, and now she's the founder and CEO of the Bunker Insurance and Risk Management. She holds several designations, including the CIC, the CRM, and the CCIC. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor today to introduce to you first-time guest on the IGP, but I can promise you one thing, it will not be her last. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome to the stage Miss Ciara Gravier. How are you, Ciara? I'm doing great, Scott. How are you? I'm the best I have ever been and never been more excited than I am at this very moment. Same. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you something. The first thing I need you to do, because I have heard through the grapevine, through mutual friends of ours in the industry, how great your story is. Okay. Get in my DeLorean. I need you to step in with me. I'm not going to do anything crazy, I promise. I'm just going to listen. Tell our audience of 250,000 insurance agents from around the world your story on how you got into the, the insurance world and you just bring us up to today. All right. So it's pretty cut and dry as far as places I've worked and the role I've been in in insurance. Um, my family has always been uh, in the ownership role. And that's kind of how I landed here. But it started in uh, 2000, around 2001, I, when I graduated high school. My dad actually came to this country when he was 14 from Cuba. And my mom was born here. 
my mom worked for Equifax all of her life from high school. She was working there, had a nice job there, and she got fired. She got off the plane in Atlanta and they let her know, hey, um, you're not you no longer have a job here right after she went on a business trip and got fired. Mm. And my dad, uh, shortly after that, had also was facing some some issues with his job and he was he he was let go as well. And so and they had been salespeople all of my life, all of my childhood. They both worked from home, sales positions always. And so at 49, my dad had said, I've had enough with uh, working for corporate America, never owned a business, never sold insurance. And he went and opened an Allstate. We we landed in the Allstate realm, which for us, you know, we don't really regret that time. We we think that we it taught us well what we sure. needed to know about insurance. Yeah. Uh, it taught us how to write good business too, clean business. We never. Well, I bet you don't want to open one up today. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, and you know we did really well. We op- we opened up a second location, and then when we we realized we were going on all the trips, we realized, wait a minute, everyone that has an independent has an Allstate has an independent on the side. Someone in the family has an independent, mm-hmm. and so that's when we realized, oh, well, then we're going to open an independent as well. So we went right upstairs. I opened, you know, we came home from one of the trips and my dad was like, you need to get your license. I I opened upstairs. The Allstate was downstairs. And whenever people would come in, uh, which at that time, people still came into the office and they were, you know, remember South Florida as well. Allstate doesn't do the home. So there was no packages. Yeah, I was going to say, and I've talked to Bradley about this before, too. You know, one of the things that I find interesting for family members that do what you did, and I've I've heard this story multiple, multiple Mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. And in fact, my podcast co-host, his wife is a state farm agent. Mm -hmm. And so all of these captive carriers have a box Mm -hmm. is what I call it. It's a box. And they want you to fit in that square box. And even if you're a good risk, maybe because of some claim history that's unfortunate or with some other reason. I mean, I, if my wife was a state farm principal agent, I can tell you right now, I would want her to send me or, or all state mm-hmm. or farmers or anything. I can just see a, and I'm sure it's not like a thousand policies a month, but it's, you know, a few here, a few there. It just seems like a hand in glove relationship to me. Yep. Is that kind of what transpired down there? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then what we figured out was, well, what was the incentive for people to stay with Allstate? Really? If we didn't have home, you know, it was, it was through the other carriers, which I know you guys are familiar with as far as the coastal stuff that Bradley goes through. So, you know, we, we realized very quickly that we also really like to do commercial. So we got rid of the Allstates. We opened, you know, we had the independent and I was working there with my parents and it was us three for a really long time. And then we grew the agency. We had about eight employees, but you know, to say that, I mean, I've been blessed. I've been able to literally spend every single day of my adult life with my parents. Wow. It's been amazing. Yeah. And and your mom and dad are still alive today. Absolutely. Thank you. What are their names? Let's give them a shout out. So we call my dad the G. Okay. I like that. <laughs> and, I like yeah, that. We call yeah. my dad the G and my mom's name is Esther. <laughs> awesome. Hey, G yeah. and Esther, I just want to tell y'all, I know how much your daughter loves you and how proud she is of both of you, what y'all accomplished with her. And you should be very proud of what you've accomplished. I'd love to have them on the podcast too. Oh, I, wish yeah. y'all, I wish all three of you were on here together yeah, right now. That'd be fantastic. 
It's great but, because my mom, when we sold, she was like, I'm done. I'm retired. But my dad, so the thing is that my dad yeah. always told me, have a plan B. In life, you have to have a plan B. Mm-hmm. So he was like, well, while you're working here, you know, you should make, you should invest in yourself and in this career because I was going to the Art Institute for Interior Design and I got pulled out because, you know, I didn't get a scholarship. So my fault, right? But they were just like, I mean, we're starting a business. We need all hands on deck. You need to work with us. We'll send you back once, you know, once we can. And well, that never happened. And I, I, I honestly didn't want to go back either. Like my dad is is very realistic. So he was just like, listen, sure, you can make it and we can do it. But this lifestyle that insurance can help you achieve is a better path for you. Mm-hmm. So, you, have, you know, mm-hmm. did you run into any, I know a lot of folks that work with their parents or work in the family business. Sometimes there's a a power dynamic there where they don't want to give too much control to the kid or or the kid is unreasonably good at something and the parent harnesses that. What was the dynamic there like? Yeah, no, the dynamic for us has always been easy. When I was upset about being pulled out of school, I mean, who wants to, we were working at Allstate, just us three, nine to seven, none of us knowing what we were doing. It was a really (laughs) tough time, right? So outside of that though, those growing pains, um, there was probably only about one time where I wanted to leave where I was just like, I'm over this. Like I, it was like, a, I want my dad back. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it yeah. was hard to cut the, the relationship from work to dad. But once we sat down and had that conversation, it was never an issue again. And they are, I mean, he works with me now here at wow. the bunker. Um, he comes in and, and, and he's happier than ever. And he's the reason why the bunker exists because he was just like, you're not going to do, you're not going to make the mistake that I made with corporate America. You're right. not going to do that. You, they will throw you away. Cause it, in my mind, I was like, okay, well, if we ever sold, I was getting my designations to have a plan B. He was like, you have the experience on this side. You can go get a job with a carrier and do very well for mm-hmm. yourself. And so I always listen to him too. Like I have no problem listening to him. Everything he tells me, I know he's right. He's always right. And so I'm just not like, I guess I'm not rebellious by nature. So I've always, you know, just played along and he's always been right. And so here we are at the bunker. He was just like, why you gave me your youth. You helped me build our family legacy and now I'm going to help you do yours. And so that's how we go. And two things to that, you know, one, you know, so my wife, my mother-in-law used to work for my wife, which is a, it's like, it's kind of what you have going right. on now. Right. And now my sister-in-law opened up an agency last year and my mother-in-law left to go to work for my sister-in-law. And I remember my wife saying, and I'm really glad to have my mom back. So I think it's important yes. when you're working with a parent or a family member that mm-hmm. you draw that line of demarcation in the beginning yes. of like, Hey, we're on stage, all stage. When we're here, it's boss employee or partner, partner, but when we're home. We're at home. Hey, in the immortal word, in the immortal words of Randy Jones's wife, Deborah Jones. Oh gosh, Scott, before you bring your wife into this agency, you better sit down and think long and hard before you do that, because there are positives, but there are also mm-hmm. a lot of negatives. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Bradley. I'm sorry, I forgot what the second point was. My bad. No. That's okay. <laughs> I would say I agree, though. I think that once, once I, I think that you know, obviously, my parents were also extremely overwhelmed. We had just, they put, my dad took money out of his 401k to open a business, never owning a business, never having sold insurance. So, you know, the pressures were high. (laughs) Uh, But once we sat down and had that conversation, it was never an issue again. I think maybe he just, you know, we didn't realize that you're just in the grind of it. Hey, Ciara. Yes. In the immortal pantheon of bad decisions, 
I'm going to say that the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale, huge, huge mistake not giving you a scholarship, first of all. First of all. <laughs> but Thank not you. as bad as the other mistake I'm about to tell you about. I'm a, I'm a history buff, right? All that Hitler ever wanted to do from the time he was young, like 13 years old, was be an artist. He was a street artist in the city of Vienna. He applies to the Art Institute of Vienna, which at the time was this kind of like Harvard of people who wanted to be an artist, right? Those stupid bastards, instead of just letting him come be an artist, which is all he ever wanted to do, they send him a letter. He was 18 years old. They send him a letter and it says, Dear Hitler... It's a funny statement. Dear Hitler, we don't think you're worth a shit as an artist, but we want you to come over and be in our architecture school. To which he replied, nah, I think I'll just join the military and the rest is history. Hmm. So So thankfully I joined insurance. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what my point was there, except as as bad of a decision as that was. Except you thought Kanye didn't bring him up enough on podcasts. Oh, Kanye. My God. You're so happy that I didn't turn into the next Hitler. No, no. My point was Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale. Huge mistake, but not the biggest mistake. (laughs) There is a bigger one out there, Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale. I can promise you. It could have been worse. So let's talk a little bit about branding let's talk oh no let me get back to your story for a second because you you're about to leave out the best part so dad comes in the g comes in i love that name can you go <laughs> can I change my name to the g sure just the birth g. certificate and everything i feel like dad should do that <laughs> that would be awesome uh your dad comes in he's like hey you helped me build my legacy let me help you build mine i build yours which i think is phenomenal you open up the bunker. So is the bunker a PNC independent agency? Is that what it is? Yes. And we're a hundred percent commercial. hundred percent commercial. So yes. I, that you just avoided my second question. Like, <laughs> so how many citizens policies do you have in your agency? <laughs> a big fat zero. I don't um, even have an appointment with citizens. Not many people. Can smart. That. Smart. Yeah. That's honestly, we did, we did, um, a lot of personal lines at our other agency. And then we had bought, we bought a book that had some larger commercial stuff. And so we, I knew I did not want to do personal lines ever again. It's just not, it doesn't even matter how much value you bring in, Mm -hmm. in South Florida, it's transaction. Sure. There's so little value. And so I also knew I wanted to kind of run like a a trimmed agency and that's very hard to do with personal lines. And so Mm -hmm. I just always knew. And, and that's, and then in 2020, well, I opened November, 2019 and then the world, you know, we all know what happened in March. So It has been quite a journey, but that's why I joined Killing Commercial in 2020 was because Mm. I knew that I wanted to build this insurance agency, but that was different, that spoke about insurance differently, that brought something else to the table. And I, I, I was working on my CRM at the time, so I understood risk management, but I didn't know the the technical aspect of it and like how to use it as a sales tool. So I knew I needed something else, but I didn't know. It was killing commercial until actually the G found it and he stalked David Carruthers. (laughs) Let me tell you something. I have a standing rule at my house. If you don't like David Carruthers, I don't like you. So how about that? (laughs) How about that? (laughs) And I'm assuming that y'all have followed the David Carruthers uh, protocol of kind of the leading down there with workers comp and Mm -hmm. becoming a risk management partner rather than some just transactional commercial sale. 
Correct. Yeah. yeah. And and since we are in South Florida and we do speak Spanish, there's a lot of people that come here from South America that have a lot yeah. of money and they don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. They're opening businesses because they have to. They have sure. visas that sure. are coming here for that. And we can help them and guide them and they trust us. Right. So that's a big part of what we do. It's trust. And I really, I, I value that trust. I take it serious. So I, I love the approach that David has taught us in Killing Commercial because oh, I, I always knew I wanted to do it. I just couldn't articulate it. And, and then by the way, I, I did confirm with Bradley right before we came on this podcast, David is speaking at the One City World Tour this year. So nice. How far is Sunrise, Florida from Miami? Not at all. I'm I'm right 10, off the highway. I'm 10 or like 15 miles, something like easy. that. Yeah, very close. So let's talk about commercial for just a second. I'm wildly interested. I know, I kind of know what your sales process is because I've spent a lot of time with David. I've, I've spent a lot of time on the Killing Commercial site. By the way, for all of you that have young producers out there that want to get into commercial insurance and maybe they're just green, I, I, I don't know that I can recommend anything better than Killing Commercial and going through the modules uh-huh. because mm-hmm. it's going to do so much for, for you from because it makes you go through the modules yep. one by one instead of skipping you know, creating a business plan, finding your target client, you know, all the, all of that stuff is in there. And then you have the community group as well with, you know, all the guys that we're friends with that are all crushing it in commercial insurance. So, you know, I'm sure you can go to Google and type in killer killing commercial to find out where to go to, to be involved in that. But so what are the main commercial niches or are you guys just generalist right now? So we do a lot of ENS. Okay. Of course. Um, yeah. I bet you do. So six, six miles from the water. <laughs> right. Right. So what we like to do, we are going after contractors. Our ideal pros- prospect list that we built for killing commercial purposes are con- it, it is contractor heavy with higher uh-huh. mods because we can pull their mods. So so we do have that. We we do some manufacturing. We really like some manufacturing, and we have some okay. really nice risks for that. We have about four or five and. I actually have a one, one, only one really good sized pest control account. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, it's hard to really be super niched when I don't really have, you know, a, right. a, a, a dedicated program for it. Right. Um, we run but into I do, the same issue here. Yeah. Talk- At least you do have the carriers, right? Like you have, you know, some, some markets. Well, I do. I do. See, okay. I'm in, I'm in uh, to give all of our podcast listeners some perspective here. So I'm six hours north of Bradley, and my agency offices all run along a corridor called Highway 72, with the exception of one in Michigan. And each one of those agency offices is probably, as the crow flies, 10, 15 miles from the Tennessee state line. So I am like super close to Nashville. In fact, some of my people that live along that I-65 corridor probably can be in downtown Nashville on uh, uh, Broadway Street in an hour and 30 minutes, hour and 40 minutes. Uh, So we all have to have licenses in both Tennessee and Alabama, Mm -hmm. but that puts me up into the corridor where it's more standard. Where you can get appointments. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. right. In fact, fact, right now we're in negotiations with uh, Cincinnati, and I do think we'll get an appointment with them first of the year. Frankenmuth is another one we're talking to, and then a couple couple of more. But for Bradley down here south of the I-10 corridor, you got to realize the Gulf of Mexico from where I'm sitting, Bradley's sitting right now, is how far from us? Five miles? No, no, it's about probably 
20 or 30 20 miles but yeah. still to an insurance but carrier that's like oh my god but you're two miles from from mobile bay which right. most carriers consider the gulf correct which is yeah. kind of weird isn't it that it they is. consider mobile bay as part of the gulf but you're right i it can is. see that well and that's and we run into a, talked about that we run into a problem with carriers so like a tune recently let's pick on them for a second a tune Please. up until three months ago was the only non ens carrier that would do property insurance with wind down here on commercial and it was like a quote bind issue mm-hmm. where i don't they didn't have to go to an underwriter and wait 45 days for mm-hmm. it to come back but they changed the rules and it's like okay we're not riding wind five miles from the coastline and you're like well what are you considering coast? Correct. is it the gulf is right. it the bay and the answer you get usually is we, uh, don't, we know. don't know does it have a water exclusion for you you're attuned policy um i believe so yeah yes. okay so yeah, it's been a while since we've written them, but the point was Same. like, it's like, how do you I mean, what do you define it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we wrote a lot of a tune back in the day and, we and they, had, write, they we, had, we still write a bunch of a tune. Yeah. They had great. I mean, we, we had great claims with them after Sally. I mean, it mm-hmm. went, went amazingly, but, but that's, that's kind of what you deal with down here. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay. And, and then you ask, well, what's, what do you, Oh, we don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you might as well just say, you don't want to write down here anymore. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Well, because uh, if you go five miles from the bay, I mean, that eliminates the majority of prospects, right? Mm-hmm. If you go five miles from the Gulf, that's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. You know, that you're eliminating the beach beach. Oh, sure. Basically. hundred percent. Right. So, whereas their rule before that was, is they'd go a thousand feet from the coastline. Mm-hmm. That was their deal. Ciara, I'm going to give you some, uh, I'm going to ask you some questions here. I've heard you're deadly in branding. <laughs> now, now let, let's back up for just a second. In, in November of 2019, which I believe was right before the, the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. we start the bunker. Yep. Love that name, by the way. Very, Thank very you. catchy, easy to remember. What were some of the things that you've done? And and we both know that one of the hardest aspects of becoming an independent insurance agent, especially coming from an all state, a state farm, a farmers, any of those captive companies, is you no longer have the logo. You mm-hmm. know, that's something I tell state farm agents all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, guys, and there's some listening to this podcast right now, you do not understand the power of that of that brand, right. that right. logo. Mm-hmm. And when you go independent from one of these independent carriers, which I know y'all have been independent for a while already, but you've got this brand new agency name. Nobody knows who you are. Uh, you guys probably know a ton of people down there, but you're starting this new entity. What did you do? What were some of the things you did out of the gate to really, and I know this is sp- probably specific to South Florida, but what did you do to brand the bunker? So we made a lot of mistakes in our past agencies with branding a lot. Like, 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 get, give me a couple. Cause I okay. guarantee you I've done the same damn thing. I'm yep. Uh, yeah. So exactly what you just said, right. About relying on these people on the, on the captives logos. Like we were all state, we put zero thought into our actual agency name. We sure. were Gravier insurance group and we made no effort. I mean, we didn't know anything about business. So let's be fair. Well, how are we going to brand something? We don't even know how we opened the doors, right? Like we didn't know anything. So um, we put, we actually tried to not stand out and just let the good hands be it. Uh-huh. Like that's right. all we needed. We, we tried to camouflage ourselves with that. And the thing is that in that world, you can be very successful doing that. You actually right. are encouraged to, to just blend in and you don't have mm-hmm. to do anything. But to by doing out. that, you don't create any leverage for yourself. Exactly. And yep. what I tell agents they should do, especially in the beginning, 
if you're going to work for a captive company is you should use that logo in the beginning, mm. right? That's going to, that's going to create altitude for you in the sales process mm. with your customers. But your goal over time needs to be to separate yourself from that logo mm. and brand yourself. Mm -hmm. That way you build that leverage with your clients and they know you and they're, I, I don't ever want a client coming to me because of a specific carrier. Right. Right. Just like we like to say, live by price, die by price, live by carrier, die by carrier. Because mm -hmm. if somebody comes to me because of progressive and then progressive does something stupid, guess how they're going to perceive that? They're going to perceive that as Bradley doing something stupid. Right. But, you know, when you're coming from the captive side and the fact that I do have progressive and travelers, that's all you talk about. Right. It is like it's it's gold. It's you can't keep your mouth shut about the fact that now I have options. Like, please come do business with me. I have options. I options have are a good thing. Options yes. are a good thing. Especially when you've been in that captivity for so long and just right. dealing with with one carrier and, you know, the frustration of doing all the work and losing it on the back end. So we always knew that the wealth is in in the renewals. Mm -hmm. So we understood that every time we lost a client, but and we brought one in, we didn't win that day. We broke mm -hmm. even. Right. So we've always understood that. And even when we opened up the second agency, you know, we made the branding mistake again. At that time, we were just like, well, now people know us in the Allstate world like they know us as Allstate agents, but they don't know us as independent agents. Right. So let's pick some. And we we this is it's actually really embarrassing to say that we actually our name was Countrywide Insurance Group. OK, like why? Our thought process at the time was like, well, let's just pretend we're associated with Countrywide Mortgage. And then it tanked. And then we were getting calls about people's mortgages and not did, their did, insurance. Did, did Countrywide try to sue you as well? No. no. Okay. Mm. <laughs> we got lucky. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's the thing is, you know, a discussion you and I had when you went from nationwide to independent, mm -hmm. we had a discussion about whether or not you should still brand as nationwide. Mm -hmm or go completely to I protect. Right, right. And, you know, I think we both made good points and there's, there's reasons for doing both. Right. I, I don't think you should have ripped the bandaid off because that's what your customers are used to. Right. But, you know, my point of, of associating yourself with a carrier is, you know, what if depending on the political area that you are in red or blue, that carrier does something that mm -hmm. conflicts right. with, the views of the people who are your customers. They pull, they pull a Kanye. <laughs> All of a sudden, now you're having to make up. So why not control your destiny? And yeah, use the leverage of that brand, right? I mean, if I have auto owners and I'm talking to a client, I'm going to use the weight of that company in that conversation. Sure. But I'm not held captive to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, and I'm not, it's not handcuffs. It's use it to your advantage, not your disadvantage. Gotcha. So, Ciara, what is the three top three things you did? Take away all the mistakes we made in the past. What do you feel like lessons learned are the three things you've done branding the bunker that have worked? And, and, and I'm asking you this because there's a lot of independent agency owners listening to this right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't think any of us do a good enough job of branding our agency. Choices are a good thing. You know, that kind of thing that kind of thing, but just branding the agency overall. I know my agency doesn't do a very good job of this, but what, what are some of the lessons and, and things you've done now that worked? So I think that obviously everyone wants choices, but like choices are a bare minimum now. It's right. like a requirement. It's not the selling tool. It's not what gets somebody in the door anymore. So I think that 
an agency that focuses on the carrier appointments that they have as their agency brand is not standing out and they are not memorable because first of all, the, the untrained consumer does not care. Mm-mm. They don't care if it's Liberty Mutual or Travelers or Progressive. Mm-hmm. The majority of them do not care as long as it's a good claim service or an easy app to use or, you know, they they, they just, you know, they draft my monthly bill correctly. The majority of them don't care. I think it depends on two things as well. I think it depends on the area you are in. Mm -hmm. So where where I'm located and where Scott's located, the captives control the market. Mm -hmm. And we had to spend spend an exorbitant amount of time explaining what an independent agency was. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we have to, we had to explain that to our customers and I think it's also, it's how you position it. It's a, you're selling a hole, not a drill situation. Right. A lot of people try to sell the drill. Hey, we're an independent agency when they, what, what they should be selling is the whole, Hey, this is the advantage to using an independent agency in the claim situation. And here's how we do it. We have multiple carriers. We work for you. We don't work for the kit. We don't work for the company, et cetera. Don't you agree? I a hundred percent agree. And I think that that's kind of like, even just for example, and, and I, it's probably very relevant where you guys are. It's relevant here and we are a major city, but like last name insurance agency. Yeah. If, if someone is opening an agency in 2020, we're in 2023 and they're going last name insurance agency, they're, they're starting 15 years behind. Mm-hmm. We were last name insurance agency in 2002. Yeah, but that's probably ego. It is. Yep. It is. And I hate to say that because there's somebody out there listening that just opened up their And some of them are generational, right? Like if you're grandfathered in and and it's very hard to change and you're in a small town, fair. Right. But if you're coming in and you're choosing last name insurance agency, unless you have a really cool last name that can be like a nickname or, I mean, it has to be. Like Jason Kilgo, phenomenal name for an insurance agency, but you don't know that's his last name when you look at it. Exactly. Yep. Yep. The literal worst thing you can, not the literal worst thing, but one of the worst things you can do is name your agency after yourself. The yeah. worst I, thing you can do is piss all over yourself yeah. driving down the road to Mobile. Scott, but, Scott did that yesterday. Or decline Hitler it, from going or, to art school. Or, or decline Hitler from going to freaking art school when he was 18. Great job, guys. It, it hurt. I think it hurts the value of your agency. 100% it does. Is it is for you to get top dollar when you sell, you, you're going to have to stick around or you're not going to get as much. I agree. And I just finished reading the Dropout Multimillionaire book mm-hmm. and it has like 37 life lessons for business owners. And one of the first ones is about don't be Joe the plumber. Mm-hmm. If Joe is the owner of the business and Joe is the actual plumber, Joe is self-employed. He's not mm-hmm. a business owner. Right. And when Joe goes to sell the business, people, his customers are going to go find someone else when Joe is no longer showing up as the plumber. And that's and that's, that's going to be the problem in the United States over the course of the next 20 years is there's millions of contractors out there like Bradley's father, who is the guy, mm-hmm. right? He's the guy with his electrical contracting business or Joe the plumber. And maybe they've got one helper and he's like a college kid or some kid that just got out of jail from being on meth and you know, you know the deal. And over the next 20 years, those guys are going to start dying off because they're mm-hmm. getting up into their late 60s, early yep. 70s, and there's nobody behind them. And we, I, I, I've been telling kids this for the last three or four years. I'm like, you want to make some real money? 
go to trade school and get an air oh, conditioning, yeah. heating and air conditioning degree and learn how to run a business. Uh-huh. Dude, I wouldn't get into insurance. I'd be finding some way to get into well, some kind of service oriented contractor business because those guys are all going to die off. Dude, I'll tell you. Yeah. What I would do is I would figure out how to brand and market. Right. And I would brand myself whatever yeah. contracting. Right. And get really good at the SEO and the lead gen. Take those leads, pass those leads off to a local contractor, make a spread. Mm-hmm. Don't do any work. Right. Mm-hmm. There's an injury attorney here in Alabama that you can't drive down the street without seeing one of his billboards, if not multiple billboards. And if you think he's lying, people, I'm you not cannot lying. blindfold yourself and throw a dead cat in any direction without seeing a billboard. Alexander Shinar. Alexander yeah. Shinar. And and every billboard. I don't know this for certain, but I've been told that all he is is a big lead. He's company. a he's a pass through. And so they what, keep certain cases, but then the the smaller ones go, or the more difficult ones go somewhere else. Yeah, they get referral fees. So, so dirty little secret that nobody in Alabama knows is he works with three or four big firms that pay I mean, because the, the cost of these billboards has to be millions of dollars. I mean, they're everywhere. And I don't mean like just along the I-65 corridor, guys. The entire, if you go to any small town in Alabama, the word corridor like four times on this. I'm sorry. <laughs> First time I've ever heard you say it. I'm sorry. But in any small town in Alabama, you're going to see the Alexander Shinora billboard. But what he does is he keeps the small stuff. But any like wrongful death suit or uh, transfer truck hits somebody and kills somebody, all that gets farmed out, and then he just gets a small cut of that. And that's where you could kill it in contracting right now is figuring out the business side of things from a marketing branding standpoint, generate awareness. It's hard to do it in insurance because our margins are so thin. Right. But I feel like something like contracting and getting, where, and getting thinner, where you can control the price. Right. You can create some room there for something sure. like that to work. I mean, the only reason his deal works is because their margins are gargantuan. So also, also, I feel like just having being an, an air conditioning company or an electrical company that returns a phone call and sets up an appointment. Oh, my God. Yeah. Win. Are you kidding? Dude, same thing with independent agencies. Are you kidding yeah. me? Like the average independent agency, it takes like 48 hours for, pe- for them to call I people it was back. 76. Like, it probably oh, wow. so. Like, I mean. My friends who are in marketing ask me all the time, or not in marketing, my friends in other businesses ask me all the time, like, Bradley, why are you still in the insurance industry? I'm like, because the bar is so freaking low. low. Like, you can be bad and you're Mm -hmm. way better than your competition. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. It's it's so low and and not low with the people that's in our ecosystem, but just like the local agents that you're competing against. You can implement average business advice and you're so much better or average business strategies and you're so much better than your competition. Right. That's why the majority of agents don't focus on branding. They don't have to. They're just satisfied being Mm -hmm. average. Right. So competitions countrywide insurance. I'm kidding. (laughs) So Ciara, what else? So we sold it. Yeah. Right. So what else are you guys doing or did you do to kind of start, kick the ball off the tee to brand the bunker? So uh, the main thing that has helped me be different and be memorable has been building a process. Mm. And I talk about the process and I read it in Traction where Gina Wickman says that if you don't have a process, a proprietary process for your business and you, you can't make one up, like you can't think of a catchy creative name, just name it your business way. Just name it something because people will all automatically feel like it's an elevated experience just because it sounds different. Mm. So that's what I did. I created the Bunker Edge. 
Mm. And that's what we talk about. And so we say, you know, I'm not just here to gather information. I'm here to walk you through our four-step process to see if we're a good fit for each other. And what is right? the four? Tell me what the four-step process is. Yes. So the first step is our discovery phase. Mm. where, and it's still being tweaked. I mean, I tweak it almost after every time I use it because, you know, it's something that it's, I don't think it's ever going to be the same. You know, you learn with every question you ask. So the first one is our discovery phase. This is where we will sit there and find out if we're a good fit for each other, right? Let's see, because I'm not interested in the rate shopper. I'm not, I want to work with people that have problems, I want to work with people that I can actually provide solutions for, not just sell insurance. Right. So if they don't have any problems outside of price and then, you know, depending on the case, obviously we'll take it, but it's not what we walk in with. Right. We talk about price because especially now you have to, but it's the questions are always like price aside, what's important to you in your relationship Mm -hmm. with your insurance agent. Right. Well, here's the thing too. People like to say, we don't sell on price. We don't sell on price. We don't sell on price. Everybody sells on prices. Everybody does. You know, I posted right. on, on Facebook the other day or on LinkedIn the other day that the only way you can compete with price is speed and convenience, which obviously is a is a great point, but it's not true in every scenario. And it's meant to be a little jarring. And the middle market boys came after me for that. But price is a part of every transaction. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, price is a huge part of every transaction. But where you get hurt is when you make it the only the part only, of every transaction. Right. It's all the other stuff that comes into play that protect you from living by price, dying by price. It's a part of every transaction, whether you, whether you want to admit it or not. Yeah. Mike Stromso has a question and I'm trying to think of exactly how he phrases it during the very start of the discovery process process. And it's a, it's a psychological question. You want to call him and ask him? You can, if you Let's want call him and ask him. Yeah, let's, let's let's do this. We've never done this before. Yeah. FaceTime his ass. <laughs> Tell him to go to work and quit just laying around not doing anything. He's tired of it. He better answer. I'm going to be pissed. He's not going to answer. He's not going to answer. We need He's, to leave him. He might be doing his afternoon yoga, yoga class. We need to leave him a message. <laughs> I'm sorry. <gasps> We're going to leave you a message. Text him to call you right back. We're live on the podcast. Goodbye. No voicemail. I guess that's that's when you sell your agency. So (laughs) so the the question is this. It's something like this. Mr. Johnson, I want to say two words to you, and you tell me which one of these words is the most important to you. Mm. He very deliberately says the very first word first. So he says, here's the two words, price, and then he says another word. That's the word I can't think of, but I want to say it's like service or something like that. And what that does is it lets him know immediately whether this is somebody that his agency would have wanted to write their business because if they say, if they come back and they say price, he knows they're a shopper. They're, there's somebody mm-hmm. that's, it's mm-hmm. going to be hard to keep them on the books for eight, nine, 10 years. Oh, that's kind of why we do that too, right? Because I mean, look, there's four agents in my complex where I'm at. There's a state farm, a giant state farm. And there's an independent that does non-standard stuff. And there's another independent. Like, mm-hmm. what's the difference? I mean, they can go to anybody, but I want to work with the people that I can provide value to. I, I want to work- sit outside your office door in the morning when people are pulling in, going to work and try to figure out who works for who. Yeah. <laughs> I would have a lot of fun doing that. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, my door is facing another building. Like, I don't see any of that stuff. But yeah, we're everywhere, right? I mean, what everyone- the, the non-standard agencies employees come in smoking cigarettes <laughs> and 
<laughs> throwing their beer. I'm, I, I, I'm, joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. My question is, what the hell does the State Farm Agency write in Miami, Florida? Because you know they ain't writing home. What? Well, they just write citi- autos. Citizens, they get a better rate with citizens. They get, citizens. They get a discount. I'm yeah. sure they do. That's, that's, that is that's a, the damn that state is farm so, move. From way. That I is. Tell, so I can tell you how that happened. <laughs> over golf, over golf on a yeah. probably in some golf course down there. That- I sit, I I sit on the board of our of our LAIA chapter up here in yeah. Broward, and we talk about that all the time, and it's crazy. So, it's- see, to me, that's where an association should come in. Maybe not LAIA, but an association should come in and somehow lobby to prevent that from happening. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so we got discovery was number one. Number two yes. was what? So the the second stage. So once we decide if we're a good fit, right, where we understand, especially in this market, price is a thing. We have to talk about it. We're calling our renewals saying, hey, get ready. 25, 50 percent increases. Just know it's coming. We move to the lockdown stage. Right. So if we decide that we're a good fit for each other, that you want more than just price, you value, you need help with your growth, with your, the safety of your employees, with return to work programs, all the, all that stuff that is the risk management side of insurance. And you say, yes, I want that help. And you're going to give me the access to the people that are going to give me the help or allow me to give you the help. Great. Then we go to the lockdown phase. Okay. And then this is where we come back and present that our solutions to the problems we agree, we move forward. Okay. Step number three is the reinforcement stage. This is where we come back throughout the policy term and Wait, do what's what it called? reinforcement. reinforcement stage. Good. This is where we say, this is where we do what we said we were going to do in the prior two meetings. We discovered the problems. We're going to implement the solutions that we agreed upon and monitor them. And then the last stage, which is number four, is our permanence stage. And so this is the part where I don't like to call it the renewal stage because everyone is trained in this industry. All the prospects, all of our customers know at renewal time is when we shop. Mm -hmm. You call a customer, you talk to any or a prospect, you talk to anyone and they say, oh, well, call me at renewal time. Oh, I'll think about it at renewal time. Everything. They all know that's the time where that's the window where they get to leave. Mm -hmm. So we call it the permanence stage. And we paint this nice picture where they get to live in the bunker, you know, uh, free from risk. They're protected from risk. We have moved them from from danger to a safe place. And now they get to reside here inside of our bunker while we help protect their business for another year. Are you and, calling on all of your permanent? Are you saying permanent or permanence? Per, permanence. Never heard that before. Yeah. Are you calling all your customers at, at, during the permanence stage to talk about, you know, where we are right now and whether, you know, prices have gone up and we need to reshop or is it that you're doing it on a percentage basis if it goes up more than X percent? Yeah, we're doing it on a percentage basis right now. I don't have many like like the small bops and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I have any, I'm not I'm those if there are especially on, on EFT or whatever, like they get the emails, they have the automations of like, mm-hmm. has anything changed? They get a calendar link to a renewal appointment with me if they wanted to schedule it, things like that we do. But for the more complex ones, we actually go in person and we meet with them. Yeah. And, yep. and well, remember everything I do is ENS. So we need the supplementals, we need the everything the whole process right. again and god forbid you miss something no yeah what? so it i'm using wonderwrite for that it's it's made my process way better you know yeah, we're, my, we're using wonderwrite as well it's definitely you know the process is so bad and it's not customer friendly at all and so i'm trying to 
make it as easy and you know another reason to be with me and not the the person down the street right it's i i have the technology to make this process hurt a little less and by the way wonder right we've got one more sponsorship available for the 2023 <laughs> school year so <laughs> when you guys are ready to jump on board the scott yeah. bradley train Come yep. on. Anyway, I'm sorry. What's uh? <laughs> what do you find? I see. I have a theory, and uh, you can't include Ford in this outside of Florida. I think small commercial bops are more service yes. than homeowners mm-hmm. because they expect the same level of attention as the middle market accounts because they don't know the difference. They don't know they're not a middle market account. <laughs> I got a solution. And they they require more service than a regular homeowner's policy does. So why write $1,500 bops when I can write $1,500 homeowner policies? Now, where Ciara is, totally different ballgame, but I'm talking Florida North. i got a solution. Okay. You're the second agent that's brought this up to me in the past six months. Here's my solution, guys. Everybody listening to this right now. We need to create, on a, it can either be on a per-agency basis or the insurance guys need to create this. Uh-huh where we have a team of, of VAs and one licensed, either licensed VA or licensed commercial, small commercial insurance agent that runs a brokerage for us. And we do everything online. Mm-hmm. We market online. We almost like, uh, what's the one that I used to make fun of on YouTube? Uh, Cause that's kind of what they're doing. I don't know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. It's the one that Brian Hanley, uh, God, what was it called? My name's Ken England. with- Oh, next insurance. Next insurance. Yeah. But some type of, and, and I think bigger agencies could even do this on their it's own. Like, where they my name's John Stumpin' Horse, with, and I'm insured yeah. with next insurance. Well, John, do you know about all the exclusions that are in your right, policy? Right. Like, I think larger agencies especially could create an online presence and have just nothing but two or three employees that do small commercial, almost like, you know, just a, a meal of people calling in and needing small commercial insurance. GL for a painting contractor, that kind of stuff, you know. Some dog outside let's is wait, let's wait really just a getting second after and it. Make sure that dog stops. He is really getting after it right now. Yeah, we're not trying to do a podcast in here or anything. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, right, I'm about to have Bradley so excited he's going to be flipping this desk over. Are you ready? I'm ready. I was born I for spent, this. I spent three hours last night with the did incomparable. You your dog in the car? I did. Three hours last night with the incomparable first-team All-American Gary Vaynerchuk. Here's what Gary Vaynerchuk says. Branding in 2023, now we're talking from a macro level here, okay? Not micro. Mm-hmm. The days of spending, if you're a large company, six, seven, eight, ten million dollars, $10 million, $20 million, $30 million branding on television is over. That mm-hmm. that game's, game's been played. It's over. Scoreboard zero, zero. Now, the way to brand yourself is on social media. He says, and here here's what they use as their acronym at VaynerMedia. The, ac- the acronym is SOC, S-O-C, strategic, that's the key word, strategic organic content. And what they do is across the, what, five social media platforms that everybody should be on, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest and TikTok, Mm. they take a kid who's 24, 25 years old, but has enough knowledge in that particular platform to know the type of posting that needs to be done on that particular platform. Because remember, on every platform, it's different Mm -hmm. and it changes. Mm -hmm. So he says, take a 24, 25 year old kid that has what would be considered a PhD level understanding of that particular platform 
and have them posting content, both paid and organic content uh, across all platforms and then do two or 300 of those a week. That's how you brand today rather than putting your new high-speed, low-drag company on television and paying an exorbitant amount of money to do that. You know, What are your thoughts on that? I 100% agree with that. And I, that's actually the next thing that I was going to say that I think I do pretty well is just the aesthetics of the bunker. I uh-huh. think it's attractive and obviously I, <laughs> I created yeah. it. But yeah. besides that, I think that it's different. Mm-hmm. Nobody around, no one in our industry, everyone looks the same, even though maybe they're not last name insurance agency, but use use bold colors, use big fonts. The, the, the reality of it is, is that the way that this is going with social media, if you don't look a certain way, you're not even going to get a chance. Right. You're not even going to get the phone call. No one's going to pick up the phone and call you. Mm-hmm. You're not going to, if, if your website doesn't look a certain way, if I land on a website, which when I did my presentation at uh, the better agency this year, I researched a lot of insurance agents websites. And it's like, the jargon of insurance that right. is just spewed at the person. Like it is such a turnoff. It's overwhelming. The prospect does not know what any of those words mean. It's they're trying to make it such an insurance sale that at the end of the day, what this is going to, especially with the buying population that's coming, it's they're going to do business with portal because they like Bradley. Even if Bradley is not the best insurance agent for the job, right? It doesn't matter. They like Bradley. They Mm -hmm. like his content. He's going to get the opportunity before I would because I'm not posting because I have an outdated logo because I have an outdated name because I'm still going to work in a shirt and a tie every day. You know, it's it's just I think that it's just becoming a more human human aspect of 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 selling insurance. It's Mm -hmm. more it's just more casual. Well, the thing is, too. You don't even have to talk about insurance in the sense of talking to the customer. Like of all the videos I've done and all the content I've done in the last year, maybe 2%, maybe 2% was consumer facing, hey, you should buy insurance from us or hey, this is how. But but there is some leverage in that because it, it presents you as an expert. For sure. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I make content around what I'm passionate about, right? which is business and we sell a crap ton of insurance because of that. Mm-hmm. Like people know me in this area as this guy who talks to other insurance agents and does podcasts. Correct. And therefore they know I sell insurance too. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily have to say, Hey, I'm Bradley with you're I protect the, insurance. You're, you're the insurance guy. Correct. I was in uh, uh, these stores that do uh, framing. So they like frame photos and stuff. I got, my wife was in a, my beautiful wife was in a magazine and I got it framed for for Christmas last year. This random podunk framing store in a town of 8,000 people. And the lady looks up and goes, podcast. Yeah. And looks back down. And I'm like, there you go. what just happened, okay. right? But I'll give you guys, I'll tell you guys this, okay? State Farm is a national name, household name. Logo. Allstate is a household name. Logo. Farmers. And then income bitches spend a small gross domestic product on commercials. Name, name me. An independent agency, it's a household name. None. There's not one. That's what I just got through saying yeah. on the last podcast is I've got to, I'm just going to have to do it myself because there ain't there's nobody a, else going to do it. There's a huge opportunity right now. And obviously you have to have the bandwidth and the right. infrastructure to be able to handle being a national brand. Right. But you don't have to be a national brand. I mean, you can do it in your community, right? Right. But 
There is no independent agency that is a national household name. Correct. That opportunity, that ball field is wide open right now. Right. It's why I think, partly why I think Acrisure bought the naming rights to Heinz Field. Mm-hmm. I think Hub did something too. They did. And I think I from a brand standpoint, stadium, you're right. They from did. a brand standpoint, I think Hub has the best opportunity to become that. But that opportunity is wide open right now if somebody wants to take it. A thousand percent. And and to be completely honest with you, if an Acrisure did it or a Hub did it or I Protect or the Bunker, I would be overjoyed because I think it would help all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We would all win for sure. All, yes. all, all, uh, what is that about? Uh, all, uh, high tide lifts all ships. Correct. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I could not agree with you more. I think there is a tremendous opportunity. So on the last podcast we did last week, Ciara, I talked about since since it's obvious that the big I and the PIA and all these other organizations aren't going to create something for the independent agency channel, I'm just going to go ahead and create a commercial and blow it out over all social media platforms talking about how, especially right now, and this dovetails into what Bradley just said, in a hard market, which is where we are nationally right now, Mm-hmm. choices are a good thing. And I know you mentioned earlier that, you know, that's just kind of like the, that's the start. And and maybe I get with you and you help me create the, the video, the, 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 the three minute video of I'm about to explain to you why having an independent insurance agent like Bradley flowers in mobile, Alabama is a good thing and why that's what you want instead of this, this other stuff out there. And I know you're watching you know how I know you're watching? Because I know all your rates are about to go up about 25, 30, 40%. So I know you're going to be paying attention to insurance. Right. Now's the time to do it. And what do you think my message should say besides choices are a good thing or instead of choices are a good thing? Now, remember, I'm representing you. I'm representing Bradley. I'm representing the 250,000 agents listening to this. I want it to be something that is memorable. And I want it to be something that carries across all uh, territories of the U.S. You know, we don't want it to just be a southeastern flavor thing. It needs to go out to my friend Daniel Song in in California and Chris Paradiso in Connecticut. What if you did it from the angle of like, I mean, every single independent agency owner like ourselves, we are small businesses, right? What about you know keeping keeping your money supporting your local community? And here's how: instead of calling, you know, one eight hundred. Geico or whatever their number is, (laughs) you know, like what about keeping your money and who, maybe it's my local group. Do you guys have Publixes? Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. We've got Publixes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Publixes is a funny word. I like that. (laughs) I think they have the best commercials like around the holidays, right? They're like tear jerkers. Yeah. And, 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 and my other problem, you know, who else could do the video with me? Daniel song. He's a natural. People uh, trust well, Daniel. Yeah, he's amazing. He could be. What if we made Daniel the spokesman for the independent agent? Because I, I mean, where I was, be, he's already. I, I, I was headed in that direction. Maybe oh, he's yeah. the one that does. I, yeah. I direct him. Maybe I'm in it in some small level. <laughs> but he, I'm the guy behind him walking with books or something like on a movie where you're the extra. You know, I'm in a. But, maybe in you a just call, pass by a, in the back in a DeLorean. I'm in a calling people mood. Let's just call him and ask him if he yeah. wants to do it. Let's just spot. call Daniel Song. I'm about tired of this shit. I'm ready to damn do something. Nobody else will do anything but sit around and talk about doing something. Do it. Keeping your money. People in are finding out how many friends we have. None. Because nobody's answering the phone. We'll call Christina. She'll no, I'm, answer. No, I'm going to call him. <laughs> Uh-oh, my brother-in-law. Scott, how do I file a windshield claim? 
I would like to go back with OEM since my truck is new. Where will I need to go to get it repaired? Thank you. Please leave your message. All right, you're going to leave him a message. No, I'm calling him. Call him. Leave, leave him a message. <laughs> hey, uh, Daniel Song, my name's Rick Garborough down here in Scottsboro, Alabama. I got my insurance with you. And listen, my damn pool looks, I got a hole in it. Looks like a damn dog's been chewing on it. I'm going to need to file a damn insurance claim on that. If you don't mind, call me back at this number. Thanks. You'll love that. <laughs> Welcome to Alabama. I get about one of those a week from Scott. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. Let's see if he'll answer my call. This is back-to-back -back calls now. So, you know, he but he's going to think it's something important. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. He's it live is. on the insurance guys I podcast. Mean, you're also giving him the opportunity of a lifetime to be the spokesperson for this. So. If somebody wants to listen to this Please and wants answer. to fund this project, we're happy to. Uh, <laughs> well, they won't. They because no, all they want to do is talk. Everybody yeah. wants to talk. Nobody wants to do. That's happening. <laughs> Daniel Song, you are now the official. Now, especially since you didn't answer the phone, <laughs> you are now the official sponsor. I had a chance to negotiate contracts, but you didn't answer. So the, hey, the, the so, teachable moment here is that if yeah, Bradley we're have and to call nine one one just to get somebody to answer the phone. <laughs> for us. Don't you? I know, right? Scott's having a heart attack over here, and you some bitches. <laughs> Hey, question. Don't you think we need more, though, than just keeping yes. your money in the local community? Doesn't it need to be more about choices are a good thing? Yeah, I got to I got to massage the idea, though. These ideas don't come just off. I'm not that good. You know, like I got to think about them. I think that right. uh, the options are obviously important, especially because we're going against the captives. So Daniel right. Song is the is the spokesman for insurance. Ciara is the creative director creative for the director. entire insurance industry. <laughs> And then, and then we've got our cinematography, cinematography person over here. Scott will be the water boy. I'll be water boy. <laughs> I think I think that's a brilliant idea, and I'm willing to foot the bill for up to five thousand of this. Okay, I'll foot the bill for up to five. I want to run ads. I'm talking about paid advertising across social media platforms, and uh, get the message out across the mm -hmm. United States that going and getting your insurance from an independent agent is the way to go. I remember many years ago, I we've always uh, gone to Chris Paradiso trainings, even when we had just started in the, in, in, in the, on the independent side. And I remember that Chris always used to say that he would get on a plane and ask the person next to him, do you know what an independent insurance agency is? Right. And it would just be an education project of like educating the consumer on the importance of using independent agents. That's really, I mean, what if we just like collectively made a movement, right? I'm telling you, I'm telling you that it's good. You're, 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 you're hitting all my points. It's good. So, and that's, that is our goal. We need shirts. I think you Scott, just, we need shirts. Our goal is educating the public mm -hmm. on the, the, what an independent insurance agent is and then why it's important to get your insurance from a local independent insurance agent. The mm -hmm. end. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's our mission statement, if you will. Mm -hmm. Those two things. Yeah. All right. Before I close this thing down, my responsibility and Bradley's responsibility, our mission is to help agents any way we can. And I think we've done a good job of that today, but I want to, I want to give them a few more nuggets. Give me one or two more things from a branding perspective that you used with a bunker to kind of get this thing off the ground, knowing day one, people are going to be like, what the hell is the bunker? And why do I want to do that? 
So I always just tried to build this differently from what we had in the past, right? So I achieved that with the name. I knew that with the name, I wanted to achieve a feeling. Our two prior agencies were just so generic and no thought process behind it that uh-huh. I wanted someone to hear the name and I wanted them to to feel, oh, well, this makes sense. Insurance, a bunkers for safety. Right. And I've achieved that. And, right. and my prospects, customers, they have told me like, I get it, the bunker. So, and it's catchy. It looks good on, on swag. It, it's good. So the, if you have a chance, if, if this is a new agency that's opening, you know, think long and hard. It took us months to come up with this name. And really, I always knew I wanted something that I could build upon. So if you're just starting out or if you're going to rebrand, try to make it something that could be stackable where you can like create mm-hmm. a whole story and like close the story like the path of coming into the bunker, even like the infographic that we use in an appointment, it's, it looks like stairs going down. So you start Mm. the discovery and then the last step is permanence. And it's like, you're going down the stairs with every step into the bunker. So I'm trying to even like, you know, very subtly let them know that they're walking into a bunker. And would you, would you agree that branding your agency in small town America, which I believe is where the majority of our agents that are listening, have their agency. I mean, I can't tell you the number of people that call me from small town, Oklahoma, small town, Nebraska, small town, Pennsylvania. Is that different than branding in New York city, Denver, Colorado, Dallas, Texas, or do you think the same principles apply? Especially on a rebranding perspective. I think Uh it's, I think it is different. And I respect the agents that have had last name insurance agency for a long time in small town. Right. It's, it's, it's a, you know, public relations suicide to change your name. I understand that, but there are ways to modernize it. At Mm -hmm. least you can modernize it. You can maybe update a logo. You can refresh your colors do powered by power. I was going to say you can sponsor like a brand where it's like maybe a different line of insurance. And then you can use Mm -hmm. that to be more modern and maybe for the social media stuff. There are ways it doesn't have to go. It's not like you have to go home and rebrand and change your whole name that you've had for 55 years. That's that's not the goal of it. That's the way I would handle an acquisition as well. We talked about acquisitions last week is let's say you buy an agency that has Smith Insurance Agency and I'm Portal. Well, I'm a, what I'm immediately doing is Smith Insurance Agency powered by Portal. Right. right. I'm doing the right. same thing that I told you to do about branding yourself compared to the carrier if you're captive is right. I'm doing Smith Insurance Agency powered by Portal and then maybe a year or so later, six months to a year later, that portal logo gets a little bit bigger on all the branding uh, and content we pulled out. And then yep. eventually the away. Smith insurance agency is phased out completely. And we just go with portal. And, and the uh, clients never people, notice. The clients never notice. You give yep. people time to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Versus right. if you just rip that bandaid off, you're hurting yourself in the short run. But if you leave it as it always has been, you're hurting yourself in the long run. So you have to find I'll the balance. That, that's too. a great clip right there. Yeah, that, he's got it, buddy. That's that 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 what he just said is the way mm-hmm. to do that. It, it is, is the way. It is. Yes. It is the way, especially if you are geographically in a place that your name is important and has been in the community for many years. Right. Um, I think the other thing that I do is I, I just try to do also everything just different. For example, I everything we mail is in a yellow envelope mm-hmm. that looks just like this. So this has gotten me. And if you're listening to this, go to our YouTube, the insurance guys, YouTube yeah. subscribe, and you can see the uh, outrageously yellow envelope that's on the screen. And this is our thank you card. It's abnormally big. Our other envelope that we send out is even larger. So not only is it, a, is it an odd size, mm-hmm. it stands out whether they open it or not. I got an account 
of an electrician that their current agent could not help them with their non-renewing workers comp. And we would call. We also dropped off a box. We did our killing commercial style uh, drops and we dropped off a box with our logo on it, a coffee mug. It was during COVID. We put a hand sanitizer in it that said it's time for a clean start with the bunker, a handwritten note. Mm. So we're doing everything possible to be extremely different and memorable. So not only were they doing, we would drop that off if you had a mod above a one, but also we would send this envelope every single month, whether they open it or not, they know eventually, first of all, they're going to open it. We were actually going to play a game and say, maybe we should just send it empty. (laughs) Why did you choose? Why did you choose yellow? Because colors mean something. I wish I could tell you uh, a real like smart story, but I don't, I just liked it. I feel like it's just bold. And a lot of people don't use this yellow, especially against the black, but there's really not for me. There wasn't a, you may tell you the best memorable marketing idea I've ever had. Me pissing my pants on the way down. (laughs) (laughs) That I've never done. And I would love for somebody listening to this to do it. Get about a thousand of those mini hourglasses mm. you put it in that bubble wrap interior mm-hmm. envelope and so it feels like there's something in there and you mail it to people with a letter that says i just need two minutes of your time mm-hmm. there you go mm-hmm. you're gonna remember it i want to mail out a postcard a big postcard full postage like six by eight postcard and it's the front of it. it's our agency staff choices are a good thing blah 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 in the back of it, in big, bold letters, it says, your insurance sucks. <laughs> yeah. I've always wanted to do that. Do, that. <laughs> do, do you think that's too much? Like, I don't would think people so. take offense to that? I don't think so. What do you think? I mean, I don't, I would not take offense to that, but there's always people that are offended. Oh, there's going to be a damn Karen that's going to call. I, there's going to be a Karen. I never put my insurance with you. I always wanted to uh, mail, and this is true. We thought about this, mailing people a postcard when we, when we, we always like to do stuff when somebody buys a house. It's a new purchase. We like to send them something cool. I got some postcards one time that had a picture of Snoop Dogg on it, mm-hmm. and it said, "It said the that's the mail lady." Oh my gosh! That <laughs> should tell crazy lunatic is next door. <laughs> my mail lady is uh, very aggressive. <laughs> and the, 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 They're the, gonna have to have new mailboxes every year because she slams those things like. The mail, the the po- the uh, mailboxes are on the other side of this wall, and so I'm over there just shaking. And <laughs> anyway, uh, it had a picture of Snoop Dogg on it. It said, "Congrats on the new Hizzle." That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. What about a yellow rubber ducky that has a QR code on the bottom of it, and when you take a picture of the QR code, it takes you straight to an iProtect page where we go ahead and start quoting your insurance. Mm, yeah. I think that I look I love this- rubber duckies. This is something that is so inexpensive and so easy to be different. Yeah. Someone, if they get this often enough, either they're going to open it and see like, what does this person want? Or they're just always going to remember the bunker. They're going to know the next time we walk in there, the next time we call. Agreed. I wish we had another 30 minutes to sit here and bounce Brandy night. We got to get, let's get back on here and do nothing. Just start the podcast. Ciara, I'm not even introing you. Yeah. We're just Brad, you, Bradley, and I are going to sit here and talk marketing, uh, branding ideas for an hour and call more of your friends and call more of our friends <laughs> that don't answer the phone. Thanks, guys. Hey, hey, before I end this podcast, Ciara, thank you so much for being on with us today. Guys, before I end this podcast today, I need everybody to know something and I want you to listen very closely. For three years, I've been wanting to pave my driveway 
and for three years, I don't have a paved driveway. I need money. I need help. <laughs> Come to the One City World Tour this year with me. I have, I've made the promise over and over again. I'm going to spend time with each and every person there this year. Before you leave, I am going to know who you are, where you're from, what your agency looks like. We're gonna have. A, we're just gonna talk. I did a poor job of that last year, and I'm not going to do that again this year. That's that's my goal for this uh, this one city world tour. And I know it's we're running up on, on like it's getting time for you know to go down there because when this podcast comes out, it'll probably be late December, mm-hmm. when it, something like that. No, but this will be January. I'm, jo- I'm joking about my driveway, except it is not it is not paved. And you've had how many contractors no show you? Uh, no, well, no, I had I had two come out and look at it, but I just couldn't afford it. I mean, it was you know eight ten thousand dollars. You got a long driveway. Well, you got five thousand dollars of this. Look at how yeah. dedicated you are to us. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm I'm giving away money I ain't got. But uh, <laughs> I, I do think we need to make uh, Daniel Song the spokesman of the mm-hmm. independent channel from a branding standpoint and his family and his ass needs to start running. We need to start running him. We need to start running commercials. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Uh, that's good. But not television commercials, social media commercials, letting, letting him spread the good word. You can also do OTT too, which is like commercials on Hulu. Those are real cheap. Yeah. People that watch streaming services. you You can buy, you can buy commercials on live TV on Hulu for like, pennies we hmm. here's what we need to do ciara help me out here it's called over the top let's it goes over the top of, sorry, let's do let's do uh, let's do a gofundme and the next podcast we come on we give out the gofundme account take every bit of money that we that we raise in the gofundme account buy scott a driveway no <laughs> no take every bit of that money and and we'll even put out there like a public document showing where all the money goes but like for Facebook advertising mm-hmm. for uh, open source. Yeah. Right. Open source communication. So it's not like giving your money to one of these damn groups that the money never gets somewhere, but we hire Daniel song as our spokesman. And then we just start pumping this stuff out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we should do this in January. I'm telling you, dude, yeah. I, I I'm serious as I've ever been. I'm serious as cancer right now. I'm ready. You're, I'm ready. He's to as do serious it. as Thanksgiving with no pants. No pants on at Thanksgiving. <laughs> Them Packers showing it, everybody. <laughs> hey, Ciara, thank you so much for being here. As I end every podcast, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today and stop aggressively waiting on the phone to ring. Mm-hmm. That is not going to happen anymore. Uh, go out into the big bad world, make money for your wife, for your husband, for your kids' college fund, for your parents and, and your in-laws that are struggling out there. Go make money for them. Write good business for the companies that you represent and write good business for the agencies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Ciara. Thank Ciara. you, guys. Ciara, we love you more. Hey, well, I love you guys. Thank you, you have, for this you opportunity. Have open invitation anytime, but I'm telling you right now, I want you to come back on and us spend one hour with, with marketing and branding mm-hmm. ideas. Mm-hmm. You've Let's got do it. some. You've got some great ideas. He's good. Yeah, he's. he's uh, do you, okay. I, I don't know the technical stuff. Like before, he, I end this. What one to ten? One being worst anybody's ever branded their agency. <laughs> ten being the best. Mm-hmm. Where does Portal sit? Oh, probably six or seven. Okay. Because the brand's okay, but we could do a better job of like a lot of the stuff she was talking about with integrating it with the process. If I walk out on Dolphin Street tonight and I say, hey, do you know what portal insurance is? How many people do you think know what it is? Probably a decent amount. Really? People know us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
No, but, you got to exclude like people that aren't from here that are in town right, or whatever. Right, right, But I, you, I mean, I would, say, I would say if you asked a hundred people, probably twenty or thirty percent of them would probably know. That's which is not bad. A whole lot better than what we got. Um, it, but it also depends on where you are and that sort of thing too. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.